Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shukuzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. This week, we wanted to pull on a previous thread. We had a request to talk a little bit more about how to align our businesses with our essential selves. This is a core topic in the work that I do, because the more alignment we create with our natural gifts and strengths, the more ease, balance, and success we can create in our business. Of course, before we can align our business with our authentic self, we have to know what that self looks like. Not the one we have been for others, or the self we have taken on to survive, but the wise, whole, and intuitive self we were born with. Yes, this week, we get a little spiritual. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to liberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hey, and welcome to the Liberation Lab podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with the gorgeous and lovely Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, lady. How are you doing this lovely day? I'm doing really well. It's like, you know, kicking it into January. I can't believe it's already mid-January and we're we're starting to really sort of move forward. And, and yeah, I think it's going to be the most amazing year. Um, yes. And I'm loving our episode so far this year. And today I think will be another juicy one. So we were talking. So uh, let me give some little background. We've got this amazing, uh, one of our greatest and most loveliest listeners, and she's also a friend, um, Nadine. We'll give a little call out. She often sort of sends messages or, or says things, gives us feedback, or tells me sort of what she'd like to hear more of. And this is what we want to hear from you guys. You know, as our listeners, we are happy to sort of pull on threads that you want more of. So she mentioned to me actually talking more about how to align our businesses with our essential self. And we've, we've talked about this in many episodes to some degree, but I thought let's pull on the thread and have an entire episode around this topic because I think it's a really important one. It's something that I talk about with my clients and in all of my work often. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to dive into. Mm. Well, I always enjoy alignment, the discussions around alignment. And I think that looking, examining, exploring essential self is always a rich and juicy conversation. So I'm glad that Nadine has asked us to pull on that thread. So I think we should dive into that. So do you have a place where you're already thinking of starting? Are you already pulling at that thread a little bit, Sonia? Yeah, I was thinking that we might want to start just by even talking about the essential self. And you can call it many things, right? Some people call it essential self. Some people call it the authentic self. Some people call it the higher self. Like, I think you can call it a sort of a lot of different things. But I think it would be good to sort of have a discussion around what that even means. What are we even talking about? Because you can't align anything with it if you don't even know what it is. Mm, Yes. I love that, as you said, there's many different reference points and For me, one of the ones, one of the definitions of essential self or just one of the understandings has come from, um, in the world of psychology, there's a modality, an approach called the internal family systems theory. Mm. And that one has been developed by a man named Robert Schwartz. um, And he still, he has wonderful, you can hear him um, speak about his work and he's been interviewed on um, podcast. You can look him up. But he actually speaks about the different ways in which our personality and our psyche splits into parts through our lifetime when we encounter different stresses and struggles and challenges and different parts of ourselves come out to manage or to put those fires out or to be able to um, help the developing self. However, um, what happens is that those, when it's wounds and traumas, there's layers and layers of these parts that come out to try to protect the essential self from being harmed. But we have to be really careful later in life to 
wheel back, you know, or uh, peel back the layers of all these different aspects of self and these parts. And, and he noticed that people often refer to these aspects of self as parts, right? How many, how often do you hear people say, I know that I should be doing this, but there's this part of me, <laughs> like this part mm -hmm. of me that hijacks or sabotages or, and so these different parts are actually protecting or doing a job that is um, not the I am, it's not the essential self. And the work in internal family systems is to get to the heart of yourself to allow the essential self space to come out and emerge by healing the wounds and, and talking about the trauma and addressing the parts and saying, I see you and I see that you have an important job, but maybe you don't really need to be here anymore. Maybe we are an adult now. We're not that seven-year-old child that was hurt. So we're going to lovingly address you and thank you for your, your, your service to us, but we're going to let you take a break or let you absorb into the full essential self. So from my perspective, when I'm working with clients, and even when I'm thinking of myself, I'm always looking for moments in which the client, the client's essential self comes forward. And I can feel it in my body. When I have that experience, there's a resonance between my essential self and theirs, mm. where it's in my torso, it's like in the deeper layers behind my heart. And in my and like the gut, like in the, you know, area of the I am the solar plexus, right? It's like those energies will actually come out and you can feel one another and you can feel like, oh, you're in your essential self and I'm in my essential self. So it's really fascinating um, for me as a therapist to have spent years learning what other people's essential self has felt like. So I think mm. it's been a gift. It's a, really an honor and a gift that I've been able to learn how to discern mine because of their willingness to trust me with theirs. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, look, I can really relate. I mean, so much of my business and so much of what I've just done in my life over the years is also cultivate that same gift. So with my clients, I can feel where they're congruent with their essential self and where they're incongruent with their essential self. And that's how I help them cultivate their business and design it is so that it's around their essential self versus the parts of them that they've learned to operate in. And here's kind of the way I sort of define it. And we're going to probably get a little spiritual in this episode because I don't know how we can talk about the essential self without kind of talking about mm -hmm. the spiritual aspects of life. So yeah. the way I look at essential self or authentic self is it's that piece of you you were born with, right? It's mm. the it's that, I don't know, spiritual part of you that's bigger than what you've been uh, cultivating, what you've been nurtured to be, what you've been um, created to be. So, you know, if you even look, if you've got kids, you can see this so presently. I can see this with my kids. You know, my kids are born and they have a flavor, right? I, I, I'm very um, conscious about not indoctrinating them and not trying to twist them into what I think they should be. So in allowing them to sort of cultivate that essential self, they have a flavor. And, and like my two kids, to have a teen and a toddler at the moment, or a three-year-old and a 15-year-old, they're, they're completely different beings. They have completely different essential selves. And with a 15-year-old, you can already see the layers building. So there's the pieces that are no longer her essential self. Luckily, I can still kind of feel that essential self inside of there. But you know, you, you recognize with kids sometimes when you have them, how different they are born. Like when they're born, they're different. They have a different personality, a different flavor, a different, um, just beingness. That is the essential self. That's the authentic self. It's that thing you were born with. And then mm -hmm. over the years, what happens is like, you know, whether it's like trauma, like what you're talking about, Laura, where you develop these parts or whether it's through indoctrination, someone's told us we should be like this, or whether it's through, um, out of fear or out of desire, out of wanting to be liked. There's a million reasons why we create these other parts of ourselves. And they're useful at the time. They get us what we want. They help us survive. You know, whatever it is, they're really useful. But the more of those layers we create, what I find is the less aligned to ourselves we are and the less ease we have in our life. And this is also true with business. The more misaligned our businesses are with our essential self, the more effort, the more exertion, the more exhaustion, the more unhappiness, and the, and the least amount of fulfillment. Yeah. 
Yes, so true. I think that's a great um, place to, like a reference point, um, the, the being that you are when you come into this life, like you said, being this being that you can feel. And, and it's part of, if you look at the stories of the mystics and you look at spirituality and religious um, ideology, I mean, through all of it, you do see there's like these rites of passage, right? Because it's, it's the being coming into the world if we were just enlightened beings, if, if the point of this was just to come in and, and be essential and be enlightened and live our life, this would be a very different experience on this planet. But what we're actually experiencing is sort of this journey towards back towards essential self, right? The essential self goes through trials and tribulations and we become a personality. We become an ego. We become an essential self. Our essential self is actually not becoming, it just stays, but we have these other things that we sort of develop. But if you really look at stories of enlightenment or spiritual journeys, people are brought to the edges of almost abandoning essential self. And then there's something that they return home to themselves and they start to align and harmonize and come back to a sense of who they always have been but yet they needed to go to the edges of disbelief and of darkness, right? Before they could come and claim their light. Mm. It's like, and that's so much in all of the parables and the stories and the religious, you know, beliefs. You see it throughout. There's this similarity. They're different, but there's that similar thread. And I think it's because, you know, if you look at the earth and where we are, right, you know, I mean, there's so many beliefs about things, but if you look at it, there's a lot of understanding that it's a duality, right? So, you know, it's kind of like you wouldn't know what sunlight was if you didn't know what darkness was. That duality allows us to have awareness. And I think that's the same with what you're talking about as well. When we move away from our essential self, it gives us an awareness of the difference between our essential self and not our essential self. So it's all really valuable experience. And I think it's gradient. Like, like some people come into the world and they get really torn from their essential self for many, many reasons. And then they have to come all the way back to their essential self. And it's this very sort of dramatic difference. Whereas I think some people have a different mission and they come into the world, you know, born into a family, born into an environment that allows them to be more of their essential self. And they, they're able to stay strong in that. Maybe they're a particular leader. Maybe their mission has something to do with being strong in that essential self. And so I think, you know, there's gradients and different experiences, but like the bottom line is that, you know, we're born in this particularly pure, clean, whatever, whole way. And then over time, we lose that sense of self or we cover up that sense of self or we shame that sense of self. And then we have to find our way back again. Mm, yes. The duality. There's uh, there's actually a um, a poem and I just pulled it up while you were talking because it reminded me. I mean, there's so many beautiful words um, from the poet Rumi, mm. but the, this one is very specific to the opposites and to the dualities. Um, and it says, God turns you from one feeling to another and teaches by means of opposites so that you will have two wings to fly, not one. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. I, I really, yeah, I love him. He's amazing. Yes. And that is so interesting to think of it as you would only have one wing mm. if you only stayed. So I think that one of the things I hear in some of the spiritual circles or like the self um, psychology or, you know, positive psychology people wanting to just struggling to know themselves and to become enlightened or to um, evolve to a certain place. There's a lot of pressure to um, they put on themselves and they almost feel shame around their struggle. Like, yeah. Oh gosh, you know, and they just want to bypass it. And there, there's that term like spiritual bypassing where mm. people are just kind of bypassing the struggle and the feelings that are uncomfortable in the darkness and, and just continuing to try to, to move forward, but then that would only be developing one wing. Yep. You'd only have one wing spread and you'd be continuing to develop that. But this speaks to the opposites teach us. Yes. So 
by only by experiencing dualities in ourselves and being able to just notice those and accept them, even love them and being compassionate about them, can we understand that those things do coexist and we're developing both both wings in order to to align, to be able to live our life or to run our business. Mm. Yeah. So which is yeah, I think it's which kind is of a misunderstood. Really- and it's really interesting, right? Because I think, so this, there's two sort of minds I have around this. So, uh, I mean, if anyone's heard my story, listened to my TEDx talk, you, you know, I've been through a lot of trials in my life. I've been through a lot of trauma. I've had a lot of experiences and I don't for one moment regret any of them. Like they forged my strength. They forged my bravery. They forged my courage. They forged my mission. Like I wouldn't be who I am today without those experiences. And I have no shame about them. Like they happened. There were challenges. Some of them were huge mistakes, but they created me to be who I am and I love it. And I think you know, I'm a proponent for embracing those experiences. And I know that the people who've had challenges have deeper, uh, maybe bigger wings, if you look at it from that metaphor. It's like there's a, when you go to that depth of pain, you also go to the depth of freedom and joy and happiness. There's like this beautiful sort of um, ability to experience. And then I look at from terms of our kids, because I, I think, of course, I don't want my kids to suffer, right? I don't yeah. want them to, I want to protect them. I want to, you know, create so that they don't experience these traumas and pains. But then I also sometimes think, am I stopping them from growth? Mm. Hmm. Absolutely. I think this is one of the, the many lessons about parenting is that, you want to step in and protect and um, and just take away. You just want to take away that pain. But then in doing so, your child then does not learn to trust their capacity to feel the pain mm. and to move on anyway, to develop that wing. And I think that that is a big challenge that many of us in this um, current existence have is just a I don't know, like a fundamental discomfort with or distrust of our discomfort, mm. like our distrust that like we aren't going to be able to handle it. We're not going to be able to handle. I've been thinking a lot about failure mm. and just we say this as entrepreneurs like, oh, it's okay. And there's no such thing as failing. It's only mistakes. But how many of us really, really, really embrace that and let ourselves fail? Or are we always picking up the pieces as much as we can? I know I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thoughtful in everything that we do. <laughs> my husband brought this to my attention. He's like, because you don't just do something and, and just let the pieces fall. You're like, well, I'm going to, okay, if I do this and then I'm going to go over here and do this. And she, he's like, it's kind of under this disguise of perfectionism. He's like, but I just think you're protecting yourself from making mistakes. Like you're just mm. protecting yourself from failing. <laughs> like, why is it so, why would that be so bad? And so that's been really interesting for me thinking I am so mindful of allowing myself to feel discomfort. But in the world of business, I think that's why I was drawn to be an entrepreneur because being an entrepreneur is public failing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will fail privately just fine. Let's do that. Oh my God. Well, in that, I think that leads to how often people are running their businesses. Like in part of the reasons that a lot of people aren't aligned with their essential self, right? Because the fear of that public failing the fear of the judgment pulls us out of our essential self in order to operate in a way that's more comfortable for others or that is more in alignment with others instead of what's actually in alignment with ourselves. And this is really good on top of our last week's podcast where we talked about being done moving as women. You know, because mm. I think this really lends itself to this piece is that our essential self as women, as people, as individuals, as beings, as souls, however you want to label it, like you know, so much of freedom, you know, we talk about this being a liberation podcast. I mean, you know, the liberation lab, like the liberation is actually cutting yourself off from caring about what anyone else thinks so that you can live fully in your essential self, 
that is liberation. Mm -hmm. That is the only liberation, to be honest. And that's the bottom line. And I think that until we can sort of break away and learn to not care, learn to stop moving ourselves outside of our essential self to please others, to fit in, to succeed in someone's other definition of success, all of that, you know, we, we don't experience true freedom. And I also don't know anyone who is fully in their essential self at every given moment. I sure as hell am not. <laughs> no, I think that is enlightenment. And we then go into yeah. the Then yeah. we become a beautiful dust. And no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that the human experience is that we're working towards that, always working towards being in the essential self, but you need the opposite. I think this is part of the journey. We need to, to feel that we're not always in that space so that we can discern how to get back there. Yeah. Like it just helps you recognize more and more like I'm not being essential. I'm not in my essential self. I'm not being allegiant to self. I'm not being true to self. And I, I think that there's a lot that's discussed about this on sort of a, I don't want to say a superficial layer, but I want to say like if it's a, an onion, there's a lot of this talked about in those first few layers of an onion yep. where it's important to be true to yourself. It's important not to abandon yourself, be authentic. And we see that in branding and in marketing. But I don't yet see people peeling past those first few layers to really talk about the challenge Ugh. of following through and being in the public eye and following through that, that challenge. It's not as easy as reading a self-help book and putting the, and I do all these things. I use mantras, I use meditation, but it's not so easy. It's just mm. deciding one day. I mean, I've spent years and I study this and I'm internally driven to self-examine to a, to a fault. And I still have so many layers to yeah. keep pulling back on what this really means. I mean, it is a lifetime practice. So we're in no way saying that, boom, you're going to align your business with your authentic self. You're ready. Done. <laughs> you know, like it is a lifetime <laughs> practice. And I'm with you. Like I am very committed to this path, like very committed to aligning everything with my essential self, to living in my essential self, to being in integrity at every moment that I can. But I have wounds. I have places where things are triggered. Like, and then those moments I move out of my essential self. And this is the path that we're looking at. You have to know what that feels like. And the skills that Laura and I have of being able to recognize in our clients their incongruencies or when they are in their essential yourself and when they're not. That's a skill anyone can learn and a skill everyone should learn for themselves because it's great for us to sort of be a compass and a guide. And this is a lot of the, the my women in the arena, like part of the path I'm teaching people is how to recognize their essential self, how to stay aligned with it. And it's really hard. It's a hard journey. And sometimes it's hard because you're in the public light. And sometimes it's hard in private. Like if you've got yeah. a partner who doesn't, who doesn't respect your essential self, who doesn't appreciate the feminine. I mean, in so many ways, it like that is probably the most painful thing because to break into mm. that place, to be able to stand in your essential self in the midst of judgment from a loved one, you know, and most of us have wounds from our family. You know, a lot of us are fathers as women. You know, so we've got these wounds that have um, penetrated us. They're deep and and embedded inside of us of where we've been judged for being our essential self. So it's a it's a hard path back. I mean, I will tell you, I mean, for the last 10 years, at least I have been very committed to this path. I have done so much work on this and integration on this. And the path back to my essential self was no easy feat. Like it was embracing those traumas, having to own them, having to deal with them, having to, you know, cause I grew up in a space where I was not appreciated for being myself. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, this makes me think of so many things like the, yeah, I just, I'm just thinking like, as you're describing all of this, I'm going deeply in, so it's hard for me to, <laughs> to verbalize. Um, like, oh my goodness, um, because I was feeling that I was feeling your your path, and you know, 
Sonia and I've been really grateful, fortunate, because we've walked some of this with one another. Like mm. I've seen you, I've seen yeah. you go to those places. And there were times that having one another and having, um, and we were like one another's, um, partners to one another when we were both single moms, like we yeah. were really there for each other to reflect back. And, um, in a lot of ways, we thought we'd never been able, be able to get married again because no one would ever top what it was like for two intuitives. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, how are we going to find a man that can do this? Um, uh, and we didn't. Like, I mean, not, not in the same way. Like, we, we have amazing partners. But, yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> so that kind of was what I was thinking is, like, when you are struggling with like when it is really hard and maybe you don't have a partner or a husband that is really understanding the work that you're doing, it is important to find just a friend or some other or a tribe of women that's doing the work. I think being able to understand that this is this, this is the work of humanity mm. and each of us are on this journey and some are more, a lot further along the path or, um, more aware and more mindful. And, and you can find people that you can have these conversations with. I know that really helps me. It feeds my soul. Like if I can drop into this level of conversation yes. with others, just like I'm able to do with you, Sonia. And yes. I think that one of the other ways that I, I have found, and I've brought this up many times before, is that when I'm feeling out of sorts, I'm kind of feeling lost. Maybe I'm struggling to know, am I actually being in my essential self? Or is this just another part of me that's trying to manage or protect? That one of the best discerning ways for me to feel that energy is for me to go to the source of that same essential energy in nature. Mm. Like I really, I know that most everyone responds well to nature, but I think there's some of us that even more so can go into the vibration of certain elements. Yep. Um, even like in, you know, Ayurvedic medicine and stuff, there is that belief that we resonate with different. So whether yours is wood and you want to go into the forests mm -hmm. or whether yours is mineral and you want to be around rocks, like yep. I have a friend that yep. just goes into the rock store, right. And just walks around and just touches and finds that rock. There's just going to be one that talks to her and it like tells her like, I need to connect with you. And we can, some people go to the ocean, they feel it in the waves, they feel it in mm. the, the breath of the air. So I think it's important to realize that this is not work that we were brought in to do completely alone. Like there's, yes. there's beautiful magic in the world and in the earth and the elements that are around us that give us support, that mm. remind us of that vibration that we came into this earth with. Yes, 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 yes. And two things on that too. So uh, like I can so resonate with that because for me it's water, right? And and everyone's yeah. different. So you have to find that sort of essential element or that essential place for you that is that connection back to yourself. And for me it's water. The ocean, a bath if I have to, like if it's it's the, you know, it's the quickest way back if I need to, a salt bath. Like for me it's water. Water does something to me. It changes me. It puts me back into myself in a way that nothing else can. And so you've got to find that. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, adding to also what you said, this is one of the reasons I talk so much about environment, right? Because the environment that we're surrounded with matters. And so you need to find that place where you've got people who see you, see the essential self in you and love that essential self unconditionally, right? And that's what Laura and I have really been able to be for each other, no matter even across vast distances as we are now, or we don't talk for long periods of time. It doesn't matter. Every time I'm with Laura, I can be that and I can see that. And I think that that's what you need to find is that surrounding of more and more people and and you can reach out it, it doesn't have to just be someone you're in a physical presence with although that's great it can be you know people that you're connecting with online people groups that you find now it's very hard to find I think groups that are this authentic and in, in integrity. And so Laura and I are going to create a group. I am going to create a public group. So we will have that over the next couple of months. But I think, you know, you can find places where there are people who are in alignment, you know, who are authentic. It's just hard. And that's because so much of the world is living in the inauthentic 
authenticity. They're, they're struggling with their own parts of themselves. They don't even know their essential self. They don't even have a reference point. So, you know, obviously, you know, today I, I do want to talk a little bit more about aligning the business, but what obviously the most important piece is you've got to know what your essential self is. And if you don't know what that is, then it's great to have a guide or a compass or somebody who can help you start to feel that in yourself. Someone like Laura or someone like me or someone else who's doing the work. And one of the key pieces to finding the right person is you need to feel that they're 100% authentic. You need to feel that they're doing the work because there's a lot of people out there trying to teach people about authenticity, but they are not doing their own integrity work. And that is such a key because if they're not living it, they can't help you with it. Not this one thing. Definitely not this one thing. Yeah, so true. Yes, and we are, I love that we teach what we are most here to learn. Hmm. <laughs> so I love, you know, one of the things that you and I've always just, we teach these things and we are just always learning this and we are, um, it's almost, what's that word? It's like the insatiable student. Like we just can't, it's like, we just have that compulsion to just keep learning and keep ex examining self and keep understanding. And I think that that, um, and that was one of the best things I learned from a mentor of mine that when I was a young therapist, I thought, well, I had to have it all figured out. And, you know, the, the answer to that is no, you don't have to have it figured out. You just need to understand that you're still learning. And that's most likely why you're teaching it. And in this relationship of learning and teaching, you're committed to your path and you're helping illuminate the path for others along the way. Yeah, it's definitely. really beautiful. It's beautiful how it works. Um, so yes, let's bring it around to business now. Yeah. So if we are feeling that we've been doing a lot of work, we're understanding our essential selves. Mm. How do we really bring that intentionally into the arena of business? Sonia, how is it? Okay. So I think one of the first things to say is there's some reference points to know where you're misaligned. Like I can look at someone's business and very quickly sort of determine where they're aligned or misaligned and where there's that congruency and incongruency. And part of it is by looking at ease. If your business is overwhelming, if it is uh, exhausting you, if it is um, not e ease, then you're probably misaligned with your authentic self. Because when we are really aligned with our authentic selves, it, there's ease. And the journey is obviously to continue to practice this so more and more ease is coming in, right? Whereas I think a lot of people go to the opposite as they grow their business, they grow into more effort and more challenge and more misalignment. Whereas, you know, I think the path should be that you're honing skills and creating pieces that bring more and more ease. So I just wanted to mention that because that I think is a really important sort of somatic reference point. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the piece is, is that, you know, it's about designing your business so that every aspect of that plays to your strengths or plays to your authentic self. And one of the challenges that happens along the way, and, and the reason why very often I don't use strengths is because a lot of people have created skills that they've learned that are not their essential self. And then if they play to those strengths, they're actually going to create a lot of misalignment. Does that make sense? Totally. Yes. Most of the time that those are strengths that have been, they've been labeled with and they've been rewarded. Mm -hmm. And so they come to believe like, this is my essential self because these are strengths of mine that everyone's told me I'm good at this. Yes. Right. Yep. And it's not always what is truly your essential strength or, um, place of uh, power, place of influence, like something that just comes easily for you. It's just something that you were happen to be able to excel. It's kind of like Gay Hendricks says that many people are in a zone of excellence, but it's when you step into your zone of genius. So I would say that, yes, excellence you can be doing and very comfortable with and you won't step out. But if you really want to return to your essential self, then you've got to be willing to take that risk, the big leap that he calls into your zone of genius. Yes. The difference. And this is yeah. a harder path for women. And this is one of the reasons why I only work with women and I'm so passionate about it is because so many women 
their essential self has been pushed down, not rewarded, um, ridiculed, judged, you know, you could go on and on, shamed. And so I think it's a much harder path for us back to our essential self because of the place women have in the world, in society, in the centuries. So that makes it like a really interesting journey. But you know, you start by looking at how do I design a business model? How do I create a target market? You know, all the sort of what I often call the solid business foundation. You start with making sure all of that aligns. And so I do that a lot with my clients. I'm able to quickly pick up when something we've created, say the target market or say their offer or the pricing or where something that we've created is misaligned with their essential self. Because you yeah. want to make sure every aspect of your business fits who you naturally are. Mm-hmm. Well, and this gets really challenging when we've tried on so many identities mm-hmm. that are not really ours to keep. But yeah. we've been, especially like you said, for women, we've been operating maybe in a more, um, like with more masculine traits because we've been told that those are stronger, more um, important, more effective, and we've abandoned aspects of our more essential feminine self. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I guess you you can start by, I mean, I'm always big on streamlining and cutting back our businesses because oftentimes if there's a lot of misalignment, if you're trying to grow your business with that, you're just leading to more challenge, like more effort. And you'll, you're going to have a nightmare later on. And I've seen this with a lot of my clients where they're the, the path they've taken, it's like they're then under a nightmare of, um, burden, right? So they've created a business that is, uh, completely misaligned with who they are. And they've invested so much time and effort and money and maybe they're under a lot of debt or maybe they have a lot of uh, structure to it or they have a lot of employees. There's all these things. So oftentimes it's going to take stripping back and getting back to that like sort of base foundation, like empty foundation to really start to figure out how can I create a business that's really aligned with how I operate. So maybe it's that you really, really connect with people, you really flow with people, like you're a people person, well, then your business needs to be connected and working in that possibility. Whereas like, say someone, what happens a lot is we're indoctrinated. You know, a lot of people are sort of into say online programs, which I am not, if anybody follows me and knows that, um, you know, so they might say, I want to create an online program. It's a passive program. It's what everybody's doing. It can make me a lot of money, blah, 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 which I think is a lot of hype. But let's say, you know, they, they go and they think that, but they're really a people person. Like they, they, they thrive by being connected to people, by working with them one on one. And then they try to create an online program that's completely misaligned with who they are. Yeah. You yeah. know, they're going to be spending hours on their computer and yeah. learning all this CRM yeah. and look. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I mean, the truth is online programs, you spend less time with your clients, but you spend 90% of your time marketing. So, you know, this is the pieces that there's so much like people don't understand. They're creating all this alignment around things that don't work with who they are. Whereas like, I know a lot of women are natural connectors, right? They can go out to the coffee shop. They're connecting with people. They're talking to people all the time. They're connected on messenger. They're like, they have conversations. They love connecting and yet they don't utilize that for their business. They don't have a model or system that works for them just to easily connect and create clients. Instead, they're then trying to do all this disconnected marketing because they think that's what they need to do. And so it's really about looking at, I mean, you can go down to the the biggest macro level to the biggest micro level, right? It's looking at every aspect of your business to say, what parts of my business are not aligned with who I am? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can be really hard when you've created a very complex, sophisticated system, thinking that that was what you needed to do to make your business work, to be able to actually stop and look at that and start stripping it back. That's really scary for a lot of people. And so they'll actually keep going and keep complicating and keep adding. This kind of goes back to our talk about subtracting, why Mm -hmm. subtracting from your business is so important because that just continuing in a direction that isn't aligned with your essential self, it doesn't matter how sophisticated you get, how intelligent and amazing the systems are. And yeah, it's not going in the direction that will eventually support you and what you want to be in the world. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just it's this it's like this really really common big mistake that people make. And unfortunately, one of the problems and this is what drives me nuts is that a lot of women are taking advice and expertise from men and also from masculine structures and from the way that business has been operating for a long long time, these sort of traditional ways. And so what happens is all of that's going to be misaligned, especially if you're on the more feminine side of the spectrum. You know, it's one thing if you're like some women are more masculine and that's absolutely great. And that their essential self is very aligned with the way business operates now. But for a lot of women, it's not. And that's why they're leading themselves to so much exhaustion, you know. And so it's part of the problem. And this is what I've seen with a lot of clients is they come to me after they've listened to some male mentors and some people who've pushed them to create all this crazy structure that's completely misaligned with who they are. And then they're stuck, right? They're in a huge amount of debt. They're, they put all this effort in and there's a lot of resistance to letting it go. And it takes a lot of courage and a leap of faith to begin to to wind it back. And there is transition plans. Like you you don't necessarily have to just literally dump it all and you're and you're free, which some people want to do that and that works that can work as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes it's a winding back. But I think the challenge is is the judgment that women have on themselves that it's failure. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this in an episode as well. Like when do you know it's time to let go of your business, right? And so if, you, yeah. if you're if you at that stage, go back and listen to that episode as well. Because I think, you know, sometimes we're afraid to let go because we view it as failure or we're afraid to let go because we put so much effort and time and investment into it. But man, it is not worth continuing to go down the wrong path. It really isn't. Yeah. Yes. And what we don't often trust on the other side of that is if you finally let go and stop white knuckling the, the, you know, steering wheel and you start letting it wind back towards you and towards your essential self, there's this magic that starts to happen and things start to show up that weren't there before to support you or to say like, Hey, this is, you're going in the right direction. It's like, I've experienced this myself on little, um, and little just burst of feeling like, Oh, I really have to keep going this direction and then just surrendering and saying, you know, I don't even know and I'm just going to let it go and, and see what happens. And then someone shows up that it was exactly the person I was needing uh, or I was needing help in that area. And this person is like, oh, yeah, I'm like an expert in this and I can help you do and all of this stuff that I was trying to do in the wrong vein. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. For me personally, I have. Even though I ex- have experienced that, I still get that it's scary yeah. and I will forget that I've already been supported by the universe or by fate or whatever it is that you want to call it. I have experienced that where it comes up and it gives you what it is that you need once you finally surrender to your true self and you get back on that alignment of um, and that harmonizing and that congruency and it, it, it will happen, but it's a it's a leap of faith, right? And it's scary mm-hmm. because you don't know what's on that other side. You don't know that what's beyond just the just what's not working. Like that's what you know. And so sometimes we hold on to what we know, even when ultimately we've already seen that it's it's just not working. Yeah. Look, and it's hard. It is hard. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's not easy. And the, the thing is, is that, you know, even looking at, say, say my client base and the clients I've had over the years, the ones that are committed to truly taking the leap, the ones that are committed to creating a business that's aligned with their essential self, man, do they create quickly. Like, you know, within weeks, they create clients, their business is flowing. Like, it's amazing. And those who resist, you know, that leap and they want to keep trying, sort of playing on the fence or playing it safe, well, it takes a lot longer to create. So there is definitely a correlation between how committed you are to go down that path and how much you're, you know, willing to risk. And so I think, you know, you've, you've got to figure out not only who your essential self is, but what you want. 
you know, and this is where I think like, yeah. if you truly want the freedom, if you truly want the lifestyle where you love your business, but you have the freedom to have other parts of your life, like you truly want that, well, man, you're going to have to take a risk and you're going to have to really dive in and you're going to have to take the leap. And I think that's the piece that a lot of people are not willing to do. And that's fine. Your journey could be a little bit longer, you know, pointing yourself in direction of moving more towards your essential self is really, really positive and amazing. Even little steps or little tweaks or little streamlined pieces where you start to just say no to things that you know are not aligned with your essential self. Those are all really, really great as well. It just depends how fast you want to move towards that freedom, how fast you want to move towards that Mm -hmm. simplicity. Because that's a lot of what we're talking about here. See, when you're aligned with your essential self, there's a simplicity because it's less effort. You're getting so much return on effort. And you're just really, everything is just so much more simple. Whereas every single thing that's misaligned with your essential self is creating a pressure and a stress and extra energy and attention. And the more of that you have, the more overwhelm you have. I love that. I love that. And I just have to say, as we're having this conversation, I just feel gratitude for having chosen the entrepreneurial path, because I believe it is one of the most amazing ways that we can discover Mm. our essential self. And it is a vehicle for transformation Mm. and self-actualization like nothing else other than love. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know that's a passionate, but but it's like loving my children, loving Mm. my partner and, and, and the people close to me and like, and, and putting myself on purpose in this particular place, day and time, there's something about business in the world and the way we move in the world. Mm. And it, it allows us an experience that is like no other in my mind. Like I just can't think of any other way I could be in this world um, that would bring me as much opportunity to learn about, myself and to take risks and to be at the edge and to understand how my, how I relate to discomfort. And yeah, so I just, I feel some gratitude right now. And, and I will say disclaimer, there's gratitude, but this is hard work. Like you said, it's not easy. It's not like, Oh, let's do this because it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to have just an amazing, just wonderful, positive experiences the whole time. That's brings us back to the poem and the words of Rumi. It is going to be the opposite. It's like, you're going to have joy and you're going to have sorrow. Mm. And, but yet if you open your heart up and you allow yourself to feel that and to navigate it, not in a way that other people have told you, you must be, but navigate that pain and that suffering and that love and that joy in the way that you were essentially brought to this world to be. Yeah. Definitely. Agreed. Mm. So hopefully this has been um, helpful in at least giving you some reference points of that essential self and, you know, some of the ways to start to explore it and learn it. You know, there's no, there's no concrete, this is how you align your business with your essential self because everyone's essential self is very unique, right? And so it's really designing your business to fit you, to work with you, to, to be ease, you know, for you and, and to have, give, give you the most return on your effort. And sometimes, you know, it's definitely a journey because you have to build it. And sometimes when you're first building it, you're having to do things that don't fully fit, you know, because you're building and, and that's going to take some time. And then eventually as you build it, you start to let go of pieces. And, you know, as a good example, you know, I have a program that I'm working with women, my women in the arena program, and it's a 12 week program. And there's, there's aspects to it that are not fully like that my clients need in order for me to be able to get them to the end result that I want them to have, but they're not the things I enjoy doing. 
And so what I, what I've done, and this is something that's really worked for me is just an example is I've been able to put those pieces in a training so that I'm just doing it once. And now the training is up for them. So they've got the piece they need, but I can be focused more on the things that are more aligned with my essential self, which is the mindset stuff and the emotional navigation and the value stuff and all of those pieces that are much more aligned with my essential self. So you, you'll recognize as you're building something, you may have to you know, do for a time some of the pieces that aren't fully aligned with your essential self. It's a gradient approach so that at the beginning you're doing more, but that you, as you know what's misaligned and aligned, you quickly create, and or maybe not quickly, create and work with and delegate those pieces that are misaligned with who you are so that you can, you know, begin to be operating more in that essential self. So I just want to say, you know, it's that gradient approach and, and you have to be really aware of yourself to know what to delegate. And I think this is a big piece because a lot of people want to delegate all these things they're uncomfortable with, but that actually might be something they excel at. Yeah. And so you really have to know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, Good stuff. All right. Any anything you've specifically taken away from today, Laura? Mm, just a reminder. I can feel it as we talk about it. Just how important this work is to to keep checking in, to keep being mindful, and form some support systems that can help you just dip into your essential self. People that are on the same path, um, other entrepreneurs that are of looking at those same things or a coach or a therapist or talk to your partner. It's like find people that will share this journey with you because we're a human tribe and we need one another to discover ourselves. Yeah, I love so. that. Okay, beautiful. I think that's a great place to end. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.